You didn't ask for it, but here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Hello and welcome in to the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Actually, you know what? I have no idea what Flynn says when he goes through all of the stuff that he does and when he does it. I got it. it. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, Hello and welcome into the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. My name is Jacob Pretty and I am hosting tonight in lieu of our dear friend Flynn Ashley. I'm here with my fellow host, Kevin Reynolds. Happy to be here. Andrew Hovecamp. I was going to do the intro, but I, I didn't know if there were things that I would forget. My own intro would be just fine. Um, but how's it going, guys? <laughs> and Jacob Pretty. Boom shakalaka. All right. Well, uh, welcome again to yet another week of it. Um, be on the lookout to, uh, to subscribe to it? our Patreon. <laughs> what? Another week of it. It. Like, yeah, what the is podcast. It? What, what is it? What is it? Uh, no one knows. The pod. Uh, These are pods. They're regular pods. Anyways, uh, be sure to, uh, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to write, rate, and subscribe to at AirdBNB. That's where our Instagrams and the TikToks and the Facebooks and the Twitter, LinkedIn pages all are. Uh, but please uh, get on Apple Podcasts, get on Spotify, get on Google, whatever you listen to us on, and leave us a review. Let us know how terrible we sound. And uh, we'll keep making it for you. We'll make it I, even pretty, more terrible. Pretty, you mentioned right. Do we have a P.O. box that people could send letters to? Yeah, it's Kevin's address, I thought. Uh, no, it's, it's uh, at uh, <laughs> Dr. Kevin Reynolds, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. So if they want to send the stuff to me at that P.O. box, they can. Um, <laughs> I did want to say, I, um, if you're old enough to get that reference, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> Did either of you get that reference? I didn't, nope. actually. I, I was just it. laughing I because... I it hard. Yeah. Okay, so when we were young, when I was young, there used to be this commercial for uh, you could write away, you could write to a magazine subscription, and they would send you back, and it was this detective, and his name was Scruff McGruff, and he was a dog who was also oh, a detective, yeah. and the jingle McGruff, went, McGruff Scruff the crime dog. McGruff, yeah, Scruff. McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. And I always remembered that. And so, um, you know, there's that. I was going to say, though, um, I think our podcast, despite uh, what I just did to ruin it, is getting some notoriety all around town. I've been seeing these large storage containers, um, some of them mobile, and they have the word pods on them. And so clearly someone is going around town and just so being so excited to say, listeners to the Bourbon and Brothers podcast work or live here because they're just writing pods all over these giant storage containers. That has to be what's happening. Tide even has a product now that uh, is named after our fans as well. So <laughs> Great, great. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, uh, we are the Bourbon, Bourbon and Brothers podcast. Uh, so uh, it's important to share with us, uh, you know, what we're drinking tonight. Share with you all. Uh, that's what I meant to say. I've already started drinking. Uh, so I'm actually going to kick this one off talking about this wonderfully awful bourbon that I'm drinking. Uh, it is called America Bourbon Whiskey. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm going to choose a different W word. Why do you keep doing this? Why? <laughs> that's a great question. Well, okay, so this wow. one... This one actually uh, is because Kat bought this for her brother for a birthday present for him, 
and we presented it to him and he he and i had a couple like mixed drinks out of it one time and then he he like very obviously left it uh with us uh which i took as a sign of thanks for getting me this i don't like it you can have it <laughs> So, uh, so I was like, I'll, I'll just sip it a little bit. Uh, so shout out to Nick, uh, for the America bourbon whiskey. Um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's not the worst bourbon that I had, but, uh, it definitely is a $14 bourbon. Wow. So there's that. Kevin, what are you drinking? Uh, to move away from that sadness, um, I tried something new this week. I saw it at the Kroger Liquor, um, and I looked at the price, and it said it was under $50, but close to $50. And the label said Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey Aged 12 Years. And um, Kentucky Straight and Aged 12 Years were exciting things for me. Um, it's called Black Saddle, and I hadn't seen that before. Um, it's interesting because I found that the company is actually Frank Lynn, Distillers, so Frank-Lynn, so not Franklin, Frank-Lynn Distillers, which is a company that's based in Fairfield, California. So I, I would normally read that and go, well, this isn't Kentucky, but you can't legally call it Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey unless it was distilled here. And so I think um, it counts. But I'll tell you what, for a 12-year bourbon, it tastes pretty good. It's not a whole lot to write home about. It's 90 proof, which for me is probably the lowest proof whiskey I've had on this show to date. Um, and so it's, it's you know, it doesn't have the same level of bite to it that I'm used to. I'm drinking it neat because I'm a human being who likes whiskey uh, correctly. And it's fine. Um, I don't know that I would spend that amount of money on this again, but, um, but you know, it is worth a try for those of you who are into the, um, to trying something new. It's available a lot of places. At uh, Kroger, liquor for sure. 12-year-old Black Saddle Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Hope, what are you having today? Uh, before I get into that, it, I, I hope you bought that a little while ago. Because if you did not, we might be in store for a very special Kevin episode. That bottle, for those of you pods, it was like a third full when Kevin held it up. <laughs> no, it's it's halfway full. My, um, I actually did buy it last week, not this week, because my parents were coming up and you know my dad's a big bourbon guy as well and uh so is my sister so and my mom uh runs in the family um and so we uh we broke this open because it was something new so i didn't just get to this point on my own but uh, okay. thanks for pointing it out okay. for everybody just, uh, i was a little nervous <laughs> um i am uh recording at my girlfriend's house again uh so i'm recording over here uh with quarantine and Hopefully it's the last time that I have to record uh, at this location because we have some internet problems when we do. Uh, but I guess that's exciting news. Uh, she'll be moving into what will become our house uh, next hey. month. So hopefully we'll get the floors the ready for that. The street. Uh, it's actually at the end of the street, but you know that. And uh, but I'm drinking Michter's. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's what I had last time I was over here. It is my away game bourbon, if you will, for this podcast. So nice. um, as established by the fact that I left it over here from last time. So it is which, absolutely which delightful. Again? Uh, small batch. Small batch. Good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. That's about $45 a bottle. What's that, 90 proof? It is definitely about 45 and it is almost exactly 90 proof, 91 proof. So yep. it is, um, you know, you, you get what you pay for with it. I, the, I don't think 45 is cutting you a deal 
but you also are getting a very, very good $45 bourbon. Yeah, that's a good way to say that. You do get what you pay for with that bourbon. I, I don't usually buy it because 45 is a little steep and there are better bourbons available in the 30 to 35 market, but it is quite good um, at that price point. Um, so, pretty. I throw it to you, but that means segments. Right. And it does. It does. So, what do we Somebody tell me what we're doing tonight. So, tonight we've got three segments for you. Uh, we're starting off with a nerd debate, uh, but this nerd debate is going to be uh, slightly different. We're, uh, we've kind of decided to, um, to focus a little bit on what each of us would call our specialities, or, or uh, we'll explain it when we get to it, but we're doing a nerd debate call out edition. Uh, then we've got a fictional battle royale. And then we're going to wrap it up again, as we do every time, with a game. Bringing back an old classic a Jacob Pretty's Fun Facts. Oh, goody. I know how much you love that, Kevin. Nerd debate. I love that you think they're facts, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. What I am upset about is... We're doing a call-out edition of Nerd Debate, and Flynn's not here because I am riddled with back facts uh, to call him out on again, <laughs> and uh, he's not here. So, de facto winner of that Nerd Debate, um, is but is it, time, is it time to get us to get us going? Who's going first today? Uh, I don't remember. I don't... Without did Flynn we, here, we're just a, a mess. We, like, this is, this is the worst. We did establish just now... It's possible I was paying less attention than I should have, but this is a special call-out edition of Nerd Debate, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You In that call case, somebody out. Kevin, I'm calling you out. Game on. What's the topic? What did I say, Marvel? <laughs> broad, broad topic. Okay, here uh, we go. You call get, me out. All we had was broad topics. Yep. Um, here is what I had concocted o- almost over an hour ago. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, you've seen all of the the three shows in particular that have recently yep. surfaced from the MCU. Yep. Yeah, I'm on. I'm watching the fourth right now. I uh, the what if? Yep. Okay, I'm going to exclude what if because I have not seen that yet. So uh, okay. please ignore those. But the live action ones, I know yep. you have some issues with them, as do I, about what the future of the MCU holds based on these shows. Whole bunch. I would like to know the single most concerning thing. What? Which? Uh, which aspect of these shows is like is the most problematic? Wow, that's a big question. You're asking me, so I get to talk first. Or, or perhaps to have to perhaps to word it another way, where like you, you won't be able to shake this part, or like this is going to be in the back of your mind for like lingering the most, no matter how well. They might yeah. cover up some yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Um, real, real quick, while Kevin, while you ponder it, allow me to explain to the listeners. So we're calling, uh, we're calling each other out on what our alleged um, expertises are, uh, and then the the person who is not part of the call out, uh, in this case me, acts as the judge. Uh, I select the winner of the argument, and the loser has to take a shot. Oh, is that true? Okay. Yeah, that was established just now. Well, I don't even know you're what welcome. you're calling me out on, Pretty, so let me go get the shot. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, man, okay. There's So to go on a, a brief soapbox while Huff Camp gets his liquor, I just, I'm really concerned that 
the MCU should have ended with Endgame. Um, the, or at least that idiom of the uh, or iteration, or I don't know. One of the things that's great about the Dark Knight trilogy is that it's perfect and limited. It had a beginning and end. And if they had kept going, there was, you know, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Robin and all the stuff that they were alluding that they were going to start doing, they were just going to mess with something that was too good. They needed to retire on top, and they did. And, and they had source material that allowed them to do that. But the MCU is so broad, and the comics go on and on and on forever, that now they're just jumping into universes and worlds that are going to get so complicated and difficult to follow it's going to be, they're running the risk of doing what X-Men First Class did and then the X-Men Days of Futures Past where it just said both of these two universes exist in the same timeline with the same characters, even though some of them are played by different people at different times, and that's okay, deal with it. We'll keep making what become bad movies. And I'm just really concerned about it. So, Well, Kevin, you do not have to go first. You can't dictate that I make no, my case okay. first. No, okay. I started talking, and you know, I get on a roll. So I, I think... A couple honorable mention things that are problematic because I, I decided yeah. I get to do that. Zemo, Zemo dancing is one that I think um, <laughs> fo- might might continue to follow us because if he's in anything else and he doesn't dance, it's a problem. If he's in anything else and he dances, it's a problem. So I'm really concerned about about Zemo dancing. Um, I, I I gotta say this: if this is a hot take show. Um, or a, I, I might be wrong later show, but here's my prediction, is we're going to be upset later on about the casting of Kang the Conqueror. Um, I don't love what they did with that character at all. I think that the... Big spoiler warning. Big spoiler warning. I, sure. If you're I listening think, to I us... I think when I posed <laughs> the question, people were aware that those shows might get spoiled in the next minute. <laughs> yeah, so Loki is the most problematic and I also think least successful of the uh, shows that have come on, at least in the first three. And uh, and that's because I often really hate time travel stuff, but the other thing that it does is it opens up this endless possibility of you know unlimited blah, 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 blah. And they had an alligator and did not enough with him. So... <laughs> But Kang the Conqueror, I think that casting choice really concerns me because the take on the character, at least what we've seen so far, was so over-the-top bad. But I'll say this. I've been really wrong before. I was a huge—and, okay, so, like, the man's dead, so let's not crap all over somebody's grave. But one of the greatest performances of all time was Heath Ledger's Joker. But when Heath Ledger was— cast as the Joker, I was mocking that incessantly, because this is the guy from, like, that, that movie about the night, and Ten Things I Hate About You, and Knight's other Tale. bad movie movies. Ever. You know um, it's a Knight's Tale, and you also know you love it, and I think that that is false disrespect that you need to correct. <laughs> I don't love it. The movie's <laughs> terrible. Um, so, Kang the Conqueror could be, but the, the answer I will give, the answer I will give right now is Sharon Carter. Um, Mm. Sharon Carter uh, and what they tried to do in a limited number of episodes they can't really just bring her into the next group of films in a way that makes any sense at all so are they going to just sit there and leave this hanging open Um, what, what Guardians 2 teased in Adam Warlock has left fans like me just furious over don't give this to me and get me excited about what's coming next and then 
it's going to be four to five years before you make good on this promise. And, I mean, some of these actors are going to not be able to play their characters anymore. It's just they're, they're adding in too much that it doesn't feel like they really know what they're doing. It feels kind of like they're writing as they go without a plan. And it really felt like because the, the first group of MCU ended so well, it was like they had a plan all along. And I don't know that these shows actually have a plan. They're opening up multiverses. They're With Spider-Man Far From Home, they pretended to open up multiverses. I mean, it's just all this nonsense. But I think, honestly, of those three shows, the most problematic thing that happened was the Sharon Carter um, becoming the, a, a bad guy and all the stuff that happened and, and going back to the events of, of Civil War and Winter Soldier. It just doesn't make sense to me, so... Sharon Carter is what I'm throwing out there, but I think I've taken all the other good ones, so Huffcamp will lose the debate. I think uh, you, you didn't take the one that I'm going to go with, though. Um, but Sharon Carter, I, I, I didn't believe her as a bad guy. Don't believe her as a bad guy. And, and I yep. just thought that her whole arc and that whole thing was kind of pointless and terrible. Um, so, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think there's a lot of problematic things. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is my least favorite of the three, but I'm actually going to go with one from... Um, Vision and Scarlet Witch. So mm. it's it's the Agatha reveal along with everything about sort of Scarlet Witch's stuff there. So um, Agatha is not purely antagonistic in the comics, and they painted her out to be this evil, vile witch, which I didn't love, um, because there's a much more nuanced relationship between her and Scarlet Witch that is ignored, and then they made her evil, which she really isn't. She's just kind of a complicated, sometimes hero and, ed and teacher um, to Scarlet Witch. But one of the things that really kept grinding at me too is what this is going to unlock and what they will never... The, the, the Darkhold. It's the Darkhold. Yeah. Um, the Darkhold has been in MCU canon before in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's multiple seasons, that, episodes That's long. not canon. That's it, not canon anymore. It's, it's, not, not, canon it's not canon anymore. But when you take what a canon character like Phil Coulson and other people that make appearances, uh, make them work on this helicarrier thing that's a big reveal in Age of Ultron and tie in all of the movies with this show that is clearly done by the MCU, planned by the MCU, played on ABC, owned by Disney, all of these things, it's canon. And then to just say, we didn't mean it, I think you now have opened up well, what was that? We're supposed to ignore all this, and now we have to believe that the Darkhold has been something else all along, and you're saying, ignore what we've done in the past, and you're opening up. It's, it's the, the clearest symptom of what is coming in the future will just disappear anything we don't like. And you can't, you can't do that, and the Darkhold is going to open up a whole can of worms that I don't think they're prepared for. Yeah, yeah, totally fair point, um, you know, but the real answer to this question is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, it's not on the three that came out on Disney+, Plus, but I think everybody who has a brain, that, especially since Flynn is in here, everybody who has a brain should be, you know, ashamed of the fact that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. happened after season one, and uh, it should go away. Okay. Uh, the argument's very solid, very solid. I do agree with Kevin that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just needs it. We need to just kind of let it go. It's just uh, it's not canon anymore. This is a tough one for me because, Hovecamp, I do agree. Agatha uh, was very much not portrayed as she is in the comics and made out to be a hell of a villain. But I also love 
Catherine Hahn's performance, and I thought that that just was you can separate phenomenal. A, you can separate a great performance from a terrible. I mean, look at look at the Star Wars prequels. There's some, there's some good actors in that. That is true. All right, so in the end, uh, I'm going with Hove Camp. Uh, oh. Agatha is play. Agatha is going to be more problematic in the long run. Sharon Carter uh, is is. While yes, I'm not a fan. I think the comic book purists are going to be more upset with Agatha's portrayal and how that's going to imply things in the future than Sharon Carter's. I mean, that's fine. He's wrong because they can become friends later on. In this case, she wasn't pure evil. She was trying to find the source of this colossal power because she's power hungry and that is true in the comics agatha wants to right. have you know the most control of magic so she's the she is very true to the comic book character the story just isn't but so i, I don't agree I, kind of, kind um, but you're the thing. judge and fine we'll move on I, i'll be honest i was pouring the shot and was getting real nervous when he was going through that so i'm glad i'm glad that it came out on my side because when you quarantine is not as nice and forgiving as the bush mills in my basement is <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that, uh, Hope Camp, I'm calling you out. Oh, good. Let's on, that. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. On one particular uh, boy who lived, I'm calling you out on the subject of Harry Potter. Hmm. All out. So uh, you and I have had this de- have this have had this debate before, and what's interesting about this is I don't exactly remember where you stand on it, and um, I know that I have argued both sides of this issue before so we're gonna see where this goes in the sixth book or sixth movie there is a scene i prefer sixth book what i prefer sixth book like very very staunchly sixth book on this one all the other ones we could maybe play a little back and forth but the movie is bad in this instance well let's 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 also just take into account the movie because we do have to take into account the acting that occurs and what can be inferred or implied from said acting. There's a scene that takes place, uh, at least in the movie, uh, in the top of, um, it's not the bell tower, uh, it's, isn't it supposed to be like the, the Owlery in the book, but like it, they shifted the, the location in the movie or something like that? I don't know what we're about to debate, so I don't know exactly what you're talking <laughs> That's about. That's fair. So uh, right before uh, Dumbledore is, um, is killed by one uh his once trusted confidant and friend severus snape uh there is uh he um holds his hands up uh as as he is uh kind of uh there's other party or there's other individuals present um in which he is trying to communicate to severus uh and he says the words severus please so what i want to know from you hove camp is where is your stance on this? Because we've had this debate, you and I, before on whether... This is my debate. <laughs> whether Severus please implies please don't kill me, the plan has changed, or he's going with it. Please kill me, and he's just playing into it. So, Hovecamp, take it away. Uh, you can elaborate further, because I didn't do a great job of setting this up. No, you did a um, terrible job. You, you got yeah. kind of sidetracked by the Owlery, which is never a thing. It's definitely in the Astronomy Tower. He falls from like the tallest tower in Hogwarts, uh, which is portrayed in the movie however <laughs> they wanted to. Anyway, um, I have made this devil's advocate I'm argument screwed. because I'm I think screwed. it is 
<laughs> I've made the devil's advocate argument that I'm going to force you to make because I know that it's wrong. I just think okay. it's fun to think about. And that is the plan was for Dumbledore to die at the hands of Severus Snape because then the Elder Wand would die with no master and it could never have another master, meaning that no one could ever wield it properly. So when he is disarmed, Dumbledore knows that things have gone south and it's possible that he argues that Severus, when he says Severus, please, it is, please don't kill me. We got to figure out something else. But that's just, that's just not what it is. He's, he's dying already. Death Eaters are in his school and Malfoy is about to have to kill him. Um, he also knows that Severus Snape has sworn an unbreakable vow, and if Severus doesn't kill him, Severus will be killed himself, which he can't have because Severus is the last person to know the plan and to actually protect Harry and to get things done. So Severus, please, objectively means that Severus has to kill Dumbledore. And the fact that I'm going to now make you argue the opposite is not only my argument, but you will lose because it's wrong. Why did you choose this? <laughs> Mostly for content purposes, because okay. uh, I, I, I remember Hofkamp having a very uh, passionate opinion on it, so I just wanted the, all of our pods to be able to hear this as well. All right, so my argument is the uh, counter to that, in which it is uh, Severus, please, as in Severus, please, don't kill me, the plan has changed. I specifically reference, and this is why I bring up the movie, and I know that you say you hate the movie compared to the book, and that's totally fine, and this is probably going to make me lose with Kevin, but that's fine. I'm doing this for the pods. In the movie, he says, Severus, please, and he kind of like holds his hands up in a very uh, – he, he gives like a, a – uh, Michael Gamba gives like a slight kind of glance with his eyes, not at Harry, but just for a split second, and the way in which the scene is set up – it looks as though he's 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 glancing almost to to Malfoy, uh, and my argument here is that he is saying, "Whoa, Severus, hold on, don't kill me," because Malfoy has disarmed him, and he's like, "No, no, 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 no. If you kill me, the the Elder One still lives on because there is another master. It is Malfoy." We need to make sure that Voldemort doesn't figure this out. So he's trying to say, Severus, please, and at least gesture to him like, there's something else afoot here. This isn't part of our plan anymore. Because you cannot tell me, you cannot tell me with all of his vast knowledge of whatever, planning out to be Harry Potter to be this like scapegoat, that Dumbledore would know that Malfoy would come up to that astronomy tower and disarm him and not actually just attempt to kill him. Why Why on earth would Dumbledore have any inkling that, oh, Draco Malfoy is going to come up here and disarm me, not kill me? Why well, would he think that? He, he doesn't think that. He just understands that it's like the fifth most important thing that has to happen in that moment. But it's not the fifth most important thing. Him. He knows, does, he knows how Dumbledore, the Elder Wand works. Do you think Dumbledore was essentially doing, you know, because there's the scene... In both the book and the movie, at you know when Harry is killed, um, which time? And then chooses what? Which time? The time he gets Avada Kedavra the first time, the second time, the third, when, the third time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm specifically <laughs> referencing the time in which he goes to the train station and talks to Dumbledore. Oh, so when yeah, he like yeah, dies? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that this is sort of an Obi Wan situation where Dumbledore didn't fully die because he knew that? You know, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine. Dumbledore, you know, sacrifices his mortal 
body but still lives on so that he can talk Harry through this important decision that's going to happen later? Or do we just accept that this is just some weird angel thing and they kind of do that with the, with the you know, um, with the the stone of, of the resurrection stone, and resurrection stone. Like resurrection yeah. I, I err on the side of uh, angel. They make a very strong point that you can't recall the dead. And so I don't think that even, and he doesn't come back as a ghost. So, and he also says, one, it, it's literally my favorite quote in all of Harry Potter, of course this is happening in your head, Harry, but why should that make it not real? So I think it is just a magical manifestation of Harry coming to the realization of his own what all's going on and yeah. Dumbledore's just talking through it in his own head. Yeah, there's no way that Dumbledore has the foresight and uh, just overall wisdom of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> that okay. would have been a much well, more spirited debate. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. I'm saving that for a future one. Who is the better wizard-like mentor? Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi. Done yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't try to try to make sure that that Luke Skywalker's going to die. Um, no. That's pretty important. Um, okay, well, this was a poor choice. You've chosen poorly, <laughs> pretty. Uh, Huffcamp wins, You've and I think everyone poorly. realizes that that yeah. was what was going to happen. Um, uh, we need to bring some more Indiana Jones in here. You challenged uh, me at my own debate. That debate never Any- existed until I brought it up as a question. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Anytime you want. Um, all pretty? Right, I want to judge now. You two yell at each other. Pretty? I am calling you out. <laughs> America does not taste great when shooting it. Well, you might have to get ready because one of you two is shooting again. Really? Calling you out, pretty. Okay, what on? I'm taking, I'm taking the ball and I'm bringing it to your home field advantage. You challenged me on musical theater last time. I mentioned that one of us took musical theater classes for one semester in college. The other is a, a professional <laughs> uh, musical theater person. Um, <laughs> Professional and, musical theater person. Well, I mean, I, you have like twelve jobs at any given time, but but I think it's fair to say your LinkedIn just says musical theater person. Um, my tax my tax form does just say musician. <laughs> That's it. Perfect. <laughs> um, but I am calling you out on musical theater. Okay. I'm going. I'm coming at you in your space. And this is interesting because Huffcamp actually knows more than he or others would let on about musical theater. He gets it. Oh, he's very knowledgeable uh, about musical yeah. theater. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think very. you guys are talking me up too much. I think I get it, and I like you it. You have an appreciation for it. You strong that, appreciation. Yeah, that's that's yeah. fair. That's fair. That is 100% fair. So Don't confuse appreciation and knowledge, though. Yep. So what I want to do is I want to challenge you to debate me on who the most overrated actors and actresses in musical theater history have been. You have to pick one actor and one actress and make the argument about why they are overrated. I'm gonna, you guys, I'm going to force you all to simplify it. Just pick an actor or actress. Okay, then we're both picking actresses. Mm. And you're saying I have to choose first? I, I, I can choose first. If you, if you want to defer... Uh, you can defer. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to find who I have the best argument for. I have a feeling who, I know who you will choose, and I am just trying to see if I can make a better argument. And while I may agree with you, I'm just trying to. Th- there's better choices out there. I'm just trying. I to don't think you or most people in the musical theater world will agree with me. I expect to get hate mail. Okay. 
but I'm right. All right. Well, then I will, uh, I'll defer because I, I want to see you show your cards and then okay. I'll go from there. Um, the, this actress has won an Emmy. She's won a Tony. She was a um, Screen Actors Guild nominee uh, for supporting actress in my favorite show of all time. Uh, television show, not Broadway show. Um, and as an actress uh, and singer and dancer, she is just hot garbage. Except for, I don't mean hot as in attractive garbage, because she's not all that attractive, but let's not talk about whether humans are attractive or not as a measure of talent. She can't sing. She can't dance. She definitely can't act. I've never believed her once in a single performance. I've seen her on the television screen. I've seen her uh, on stage, live, in, in, on Broadway, um, from the second row, so up close in person. And I've seen her um, in lots of different musicals and, and movies. And while sometimes her recordings get doctored enough where she can sound okay uh, live, she just can't sing. I'm talking about Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth sucks. Every performance she's done, Promises, Promises is the one I, I saw on Broadway. She was terrible in that. When you see her in... Uh, in uh, Wicked, what you're watching is Kristen Chenoweth play Kristen Chenoweth playing Glinda. You don't believe her. She's not a good actress. She can't really um, show up and make you can you know convince you that she's somebody else. You know she acts alongside Adina Menzel in that musical Wicked, and I've seen Adina live, and you believe her. I saw her in What If, and she's excellent. The, the notes that she reaches in, in songs like the ones in Frozen are things that sometimes only she can do. Kristen Chenoweth sounds like someone took a clothespin to their nose and then tries to sound like Shakira on Broadway. It's like a nasally goat singer who can't act. She's just not good. I'm sure she's a great person. I thought she was one of the least... Um, Awful, but most problematic characters to happen to Glee, and that's saying something. She's like, um, the, she's like the Taylor Swift of Broadway. I get it. I get it. She just <laughs> sucks. Taylor Swift. <laughs> great analogy of uh, great analogy, except for much older and and less interesting in every single way. Okay. Kristen Chenoweth is beloved by all in the in the theater community and she shouldn't be she should just be let to go. All right, I'm calling I'm calling time. Pretty, what do you got? Calling time. Wow. Pushing them along. Uh Kevin, you, have you seen her in Schmigadoon though? Cuz she plays like a caricature of herself, which is hilarious. Whatever. Anyways. Uh all right, so this is funny because uh <laughs> My my initial gut was actually going Adina to uh, yeah I was gonna yeah. I was yeah gonna I knew that that's why I threw that in there it's pretty clear <laughs> um, you lose go... singing town alone no I wouldn't I wouldn't um, you would <laughs> no no I could <sighs> no pretty, pretty you don't know what he's talking you. about pretty I'm telling you if you would have done that you would have lost and I know that because I am deciding who wins and loses oh this debate gosh. all right. <laughs> Well, I feel like I've already lost. But it doesn't lost. sound like you're okay, going to do that. Whatever. So do something different. No, it's not. My actual it's choice is um, my actual choice is uh, Sutton Foster. Uh, 
Um, I have to what? Qu- I have to qualify this from the get go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the deal. So first off, I do think Sutton Foster is very talented. I think she does. Uh, she, you know, great story. Kind of how she got started. How. Uh, I believe it was in Thoroughly Modern Millie how she was like the understudy and then she kind of got bumped up and then boom, you know, she's got this awesome powerhouse voice. It's great. It's great. It's great. The thing that just bothers me, though, and the reason why I find her uh, overrated and I don't think it's her that has made herself overrated. I think it's everyone else and hyping her up so much has made her overrated. She sounds the exact same in every single performance she ever gives. Uh, and she has played a wide variety of things. She was the original Fiona in Shrek. Uh, she was the original um, uh, Ula in, uh, or not Ula, um, sorry, uh, Inga. Elsa? No, not Elsa. Inga. Yeah, Inga in uh, Young Frankenstein. Um, and then she's also done, like, the revival of Anything Goes um, and been the lead in that. And then, uh, you know, she kind of broke out with Thoroughly Modern Millie and then also brought to the table, you know, Little Women. But she she sounds the exact same. You're leaving Violet out, and in a completely absurd way. <laughs> she okay. She is she is pretty solid in Violet. Very very she, solid. She Violet. wrote "On My Way," and it's that is one of the greatest songs in musical theater history. It's gorgeous. And it okay, a, if you hadn't listened to it, you have to listen to Sutton Foster performing "On My Way" before you can rule on this because he's just oh, wrong. No 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 no. Hope Camp, you listen to any of these performances, listen to them all back to back, and you'll be like, oh, she sounds the exact same. And she no. does. She sounds ex- she sounds the exact same in every single one. And here's where it's really going to grind my gears. So there's this revival of the Music Man that's uh, allegedly going to the Winter Garden Theater coming up. It's starring Hugh Jackman no. as Harold Hill and none other than Sutton Foster as Marion uh, the librarian Peru. It's fine. Here's my pr- no, no, it's not fine. It is not fine, fine because Marion is supposed to be more like a Kristen Chenoweth, like super soprano-y light. You know who Kristen Chenoweth is? The Jim Carrey okay. of Broadway, no. overacting everything. But that's mostly what she gets thrown at. Is like here, do this like you know big grand caricature like soprano thing. The thing is, Chris. is okay. The thing is, is Sutton Foster. Again, great talent, but I just I every time I hear her, I hear the same thing. Not only that, she I I personally think her influence on on some of our young performers has not uh, not been the best, not in what she's done. She's done great things, but because of her particular style of singing, which she can do because she has this crazy like voice it's making some younger performers try to emulate her, and it just doesn't sound good. And then you get a bunch of like, Wah! kind of like honking and wailing that just sounds like, ugh. It's honestly the same thing that Idina has kind of done. Idina has brought the, the Skrelt belt to like musical theater, and it is not, it's good in some instances. It's not great in every instance. Sutton Foster is my pick. Okay. I agree with that on the belt. But you're. This is such the wrong take. It's and, not. You know. Okay. Here's 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 what I'm gonna do, and here's why I'm better than Flynn. Um, I am going to make a ruling for the sake of moving this podcast along. But there's also a little bit of ignorance in my ruling, and so I will do the research. And if I am wrong, I will take a shot at the beginning of next episode. 
Along with the loser of then, because the I know you're going to vote Kevin. You're going to vote Kevin, and then you're going to realize that I'm right, and then you and Kevin will both take shots. That's what's happening. No, I'm doing the opposite. I'm ruling for pretty at the what? moment <laughs> because, and here's why, I'm not very familiar with, I, you could play a Sutton Foster song, and I would have to just believe you that it's Sutton Foster. But I've listened to the Wicked soundtrack, and I enjoy... Christine, um, Kristen Chenoweth's performances. I have heard her. I like her um, more than I like an unknown right now. So I am going to rule for pretty. Yes. But it's a place of ignorance, and I will come back with a more informed opinion next week. And if I change that, which as a man of integrity, I will, if my, my adjudication in this instance was wrong, I will suffer the same consequence as that I will inflict upon the new... Uh, the new loser, and Kevin will get joy out of the fact that I will suffer for being incorrect. I want you to go watch uh, the episodes of Glee with Kristen Jenner within it, and then I want you to go listen to a recording of Sutton Foster singing On My Way. Okay, yes. Because you listen to On will, My Way. As, as I have said, I will do some homework and make a more informed decision next week, but as of now, this is the topic you guys have chosen, and I, as judge, I have decided. It is decided. Cheers. Oh, man. Oh, I feel so great. I feel so great about myself. That was fun. That was good. That was great. That literally, that right there makes me want to just change my mind without doing any research for next week. No, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, okay, I will send you a list of songs. Shots been taken. You can't change your mind until next week. Yeah, I will. I'm not going to change my mind until next week. Pretty I will send you a list right of songs as will Kevin. The top of the episode. No, no, okay, it won't um, happen. Anyways, moving on. I, th- I mean, welcome to the call out edition of Nerd Debate. I think that went really well. Um, I had a great time. I had two shots of whiskey. <laughs> uh, but Kevin, uh, tell us what we're doing next, because uh, this has got some. Uh, this fictional squad's got some rules. Fictional battle royale. Okay, here we go. Fictional battle royale. And Flynn's not here to mess up the name, which is just the best. Um, In this fictional battle royale, we are not battling with fisticuffs. There is no fighting. Um, We are thinking uh, that we're going to draft squads for a field day. So think back to when you were in elementary school and your teacher said it's time for field day. And if you're not familiar with this, this is a day you go out with all your school-age friends and you participate in field activities three-legged races, egg toss, water balloon toss, sack races, relay races, hold the spoon in your mouth with an egg on it and, and walk across the, the yard to cross the finish line races. These kinds of events, okay, like family reunion-style Olympic events. And we're going to draft squads to join us. So Hovcamp and Pretty and I are each going to be competing against each other in a field day. And our goal is to select a coach to coach our team and three athletes to join our team with us in order to be successful in winning the field day events. We're not going to specify which exact events, but you can just assume the ones I just mentioned are all included. And the, the rules are the people that you can choose from, you can choose one coach and you must choose one coach, and you can choose three athletes. They all have to be from sports movies. Flynn's not here. This shouldn't be a problem. 
So Sports. Eddie's million dollar cook-off won't make the list. Eddie and uh, his... It's- it would count because it's a sports right. movie, uh, true, but I true. doubt anyone drafts Eddie. If they do, hilarious, but don't do that. That movie sucks. Eddie is the clear so, one. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, well, if you think that that's the case, Hove, you'll be excited to know that you are up first, um, followed by me, followed by Pretty. We will draft four individuals each, one coach, three athletes. You're on the I, clock. I have, Who I have, is your first pick? I have... A question okay. to ask first. You have a point of question? Great. What is I it? I have a point of question. Uh, what if it's historical sports movies with real Yeah, people? that's a great question. So I'm going to use an example. Someone that's on my list in a, in a way I will not share where they're ranked is Jackie Robinson. He's in the movie 42. That's a sports movie. You're drafting the athlete as they appeared in the film. So you can't necessarily take into account you know, anything specific that happens that might not have been, you know, recorded in the film. But essentially, you can draft Jackie Robinson, and you have Jackie Robinson. Make sense? Okay. It does. Um, that is helpful. I have a second question. Okay. This is probably second less, point of question. a less likely scenario. This is directly related to my pick here. Um, I have a bit of a Fred and George Weasley situation, and I would like, it's a great to, use, question. I would like to use all three picks right now. Yeah, so one, so one of the questions is, one of the things that's also important since you bring up Fred and George is a sports movie is not a movie where any athletic uh, activity took place. You cannot draft wizards from Harry Potter only because Quidditch is played in the movie. It is not a sports-related movie. Sorry, I think you're answering the wrong question. Fred and George I'm not were drafted an- together as I, one pick. I'm not, I would- I'm not answering your question because you didn't ask a question. I'm just adding to the conversation and saying you brought that up and that brings up an excellent point. Okay. What is your I would actual like to, question? I have a Fred and George type situation where it only makes sense to draft multiple people with one pick. And I would like that is my not an to, option for you. I would like to draft all three players. You may right draft now. one person at a time four times in this process you do not get the chance to draft two people together it would be three people together and see okay but you can't do that see once i start doing it though it doesn't make it fun i don't care uh the rules are the rules are you gonna draft three versions of kevin costner would you like to would you like to would you like to hang on would you like to forfeit all of your picks until the third round so you can draft three players in a row yes Okay, done. And pretty, if not, if not um, I'll be just fine with who's left on the board. I've got plenty of options. Okay, I go first, then pretty, then I go first, then pretty, then I go first, then pretty, then Hubcamp goes three times in a row. Wow. I, I would argue I should get the top pick of the first, the third round, because I'm forfeiting argue the first two want. picks. You will I, not No, you will no, no, not no. Have I'm it. foregoing the first pick of the first round, the first pick of the second round, and then I pick first in the third round, just like we've always done. I will go then pretty. I will go then pretty. Huffcamp will go three times in a row. And then I will go then pretty. And then I will go then pretty, then Huffcamp. Whatever. The coach is irrelevant at this point. I think I know who you're picking, Huffcamp, and I kind of want to draft one of them just to, Do it. to block Do you. It. I will. I will. You Then both of us will have inferior teams. Or actually, you will have the most inferior team because I'll just pivot right. and make Hove. a great team, and you'll have a bad Hove, team because it's you have the first, Hove, you have the first three picks of the third round and the last pick of the fourth, and that's what okay. we're doing. So that's that means fine. I'm up first. My first pick, the number 101 on my draft board, um, is Benny the Jet Rodriguez. 
Ah, there logical. it is. Very logical. He uh, literally you know, is a He's going to have his PF Flyers on. He's going to be ready to compete in everything. He makes – here's what's great about Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Flynn, if you're listening, it's from the Sandlot. <laughs> he makes every one of his teammates better around him, and that's what's great about Benny is he's the kind of person that isn't just the best player on the team – LeBron James he's the kind of player who when you're playing with him he tries to make you better and that is what makes him the number 101 for me so Benny the Jet Rodriguez is going to be for sure on my list to, to start this off go ahead pretty I'm so okay. excited to do this even if it does get thwarted I have so many backup options of delight <laughs> me too <laughs> uh this is uh all right all right all right all right oh man I, I knew you were going to take Benny the Jet, and still I'm like, ooh, where am I going with this? I can go in a lot of directions. I'm trying to think what are all the field day things, the field day tasks that I would need to have accomplished. And you know what? I need someone who's just going to be kind of like an all-around, like they'll take care of whatever, whenever. Uh, and I'm going to draft as the 101 or pick as the 101 on my team, uh, Peter LaFleur. He's kind of a great, kind of all-around guy, you know. Team cap- team captain, keeps the morale up. So I'm taking Peter LaFleur from Dodgeball. Wasn't even on my list. <laughs> Not even close to mine. Well, that's a shame because he's Oh, it's a great movie. He's a great and character. And I, it's not that I didn't think of him. I didn't think of him. I have at least 25 better people than that on my <laughs> list, but that's fine. Uh, so I'm back up again. Um, this is going to be another one that's out there, but is the right decision. Uh, and is number two on my dream screen. Dream, wow, my dream, dream team screen. squad. Yep, I like dream screen. Um, dream team squad, which is Scott Howard. Now, if you're thinking who's Scott Howard, Scott Howard was played. Um, oh God, why am I why am I blanking on the name? If you're thinking of who's Scott Howard, so is Kevin. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know who Scott who's Howard Scott is. Howard? I don't know. <laughs> This is one of those things. It's like ten o'clock, ten thirty at night. Who's the um, Who's the actor from Back to the Future? Marty Mc- Fox. Oh, uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox's character in the movie Teen Wolf. Oh. His name is His name is Scott Howard. He's That's a not literal a sports movie. Excuse me. Yes, it is. He's a literal werewolf that plays basketball, and the whole movie is about him playing basketball and becoming the best basketball player. I'm going to pull a Kevin Reynolds quote. If you think Teen Wolf is about a wolf playing basketball, you haven't watched Teen Wolf. You're telling me Teen Wolf is off the off the table? No, I'm saying that your oversimplification is ridiculously reductive. I will accept it if you tell me this is disqualified. I, 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 vote, will, I will move on to my next pick. No, I vote that it's a sports movie. There's too much sports, and basketball is too much of a plot point. High School Musical also would be a sports movie. Pretty, if you take it off the table, I'll move on. No, because he just said High School Musical is a sports movie, so I might draft, uh, you know, Zac Efron. I hope so you do. <laughs> I've got no. Scott Howard. Okay. Uh, pretty. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Kevin, I think our lists are vastly different, so I'm not really worried about the order in which I'm drafting, but I just want to make sure I get this uh, all around. I'm just going for all around, you know, uh, just people who can fit in wherever. Uh, so I'm going to take Air Bud. <laughs> It's actually totally fine. Uh, He'd be great at many of these uh, 
competitions. The sack uh, race got me. Fantastic. The sack race got me on the uh, four-legged options. Yeah, I think that that's fair. But what I've noticed about Airbud is every time he's had a challenge put in front of him, put he in front of him, succeeds. He's gonna jump right out of that sack, and that's an automatic DQ. Sure. Anyway, Good the point. obvious top three picks in the order drafted all at once are the Hanson brothers from Slapshot. From yes. Slapshot, all three of them. You mean three-legged races? They're brothers. They've been doing this for years. They're all basically the same age, same ability, very coordinated, and brawlers. Flawless, flawless pick. One, two, and three. It's all the Hanson brothers. I, whatever. I, <laughs> I feel like sacrificing this entire process to get the three Hanson brothers is... Strange. Benny the Jet um, Rodriguez is the only one that I would have mi- missed out on, and my others, but the rest of my squad would still have been phenomenal, and I would have had a great time. But I really think the Hanson brothers punctuate what I'm about. Okay. Yep. Uh, everyone else who watch it or who listens to us <laughs> is going to be like, "What the hell?" And if are you the don't Hansen know who the Hanson brothers, go watch Slapshot. Yeah, they <laughs> sing Umbop. Um, it's three brothers with long blonde hair. They were pop stars in the late 90s, and it's they went away for a while. So much, I don't understand why this is important. So much so much of the quotes I want to say, I can't say. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. I'm trying to listen to the song. <laughs> okay, well, you took this in a weird direction that I don't agree with, and you are not going to win the Twitter poll, but congratulations. I will with everyone that's all shot, and those are the only ones that, that actually could get about that. Sure, okay. So I'm up next, and I'm going to get my third um, uh, Dream Team member, and uh, she's a Toon Squatter and a literal Amazon warrior uh, at this point in her life. I'm taking Lola Bunny. Lola Bunny is next on my list for my squad. Can you elaborate on the Amazon warrior? She is, Is she an Amazonian in the new Space Jam? Yeah, spoiler alert, if you watch yeah. the new Space Jam movie, it's basically a two-hour-long advertisement for other things that you can watch on HBO, uh, Game of Thrones and other things. One of those things is Wonder Woman 84, and when they go get Lola Bunny from that planet, Lola is competing in the trials to become a true Amazon warrior Interesting. with... with uh, Wonder Woman as the person showing her this whatever. Yeah, sure. So she's she wins that thing and she becomes an Amazon warrior. Um, she was already a, a, a champion tune squatter and the best player on the team by far. Um, she is a tune, and so according to Pretty Tunes, have the tune force and true. have this thing they can mess with. Which so is she's not true. almost infallible. It's whatever, but I'm just <laughs> saying. According to Pretty, we're about to go into fun facts. Let's bring up some stuff he said before. But Lola Bunny's a great third member of the squad. I'm happy to have her. So uh, to join Benny and Scott to have Lola. Interesting that great. no one took a coach in the first three, unless Pretty's about to. I have four coaches. I'd be. Perfectly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's yeah. There's so many. That's there's so many great. There's honestly almost more great coaches. Like we could do a draft of just coaches, almost, and then I'd be a little worried. But no. for this, I think there's a clear one on one. But I don't think you all will have him or her there. So I'm gonna just wait. So pretty you're up then. So if someone is claiming that uh, that. Teen Wolf is a sports movie. I would like to draft uh, 
or pick Forrest Gump? No, absolutely not. No. Because no. that's not a sports movie. He runs. He runs in most of the movie. That does happen. He doesn't okay. run in most of the First movie. Off, he he the, runs in some of the movie. The running he does is he not He plays sports in 10 he plays, minutes. He plays sports for Alabama for uh, maybe five minutes after he cuts the grass and runs real fast once. He would be an amazing person for this because you would just do whatever you tell him to flawlessly uh, without thinking, but he is not in a sports movie. Yep. Okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll cave on that. Uh, all right. I'm between a couple Bill Murray options, <laughs> which is tough. I uh, wish you would have drafted a Bill Murray team. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. I was, I was honestly, I was going back and forth between drafting a Bill Murray team or a Kevin Costner team. Mm. You, you could really do either one. My backup uh, plan was uh, Jackie Moon, Ricky Bobby, Chaz Michaels Michaels with a Phil Weston coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 consider, I considered an all-Will Ferrell team. I really did. Which, if, um, if you guys, I'm really if you guys surprised you didn't take Jackie Moon. If you guys would have thwarted the Hanson twins, I was immediately drafting all three Will Ferrell characters. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, uh, I am going, uh, though, with uh, my favorite of the um, Bill Murray characters. I'm going with Carl Spackler. All right, and for Flynn? I was going to say for Flynn. <laughs> uh, for Flynn, oh, like, what's that from? Yes. Yeah, you have for, to, for Flynn. For Flynn. Oh, yeah, Flint, uh, that would be from Caddyshack. Cinderella story. <laughs> Cinderella story. Yeah, he's going well done. with the track. Okay, so I'm up with a coach. Jacob's up with a coach, and then Hufkamp gets the last pick of the fourth round. I'll be, I'll be just fine. Okay. Gordon Bombay. So, well, let me just tell you, it's Gordon Bombay. It's definitely Gordon Bombay <laughs> as, the, as the coach of my team. And, here, and here's why. There's one coach. Okay, I've got six on my list that are all fantastic coaches but there's one coach that can help in three different areas of a field day water water balloon toss the egg toss and the um and the egg race with the thing and and possibly even more with a three-legged race because he does the the thing where he ties them all up and tells him to move his one he he, he pretty he literally does this in the movies with the team. He shows them soft hands. Soft hands are so important in hockey, and they are so important in egg toss and water balloon toss. In terms of coaches for a field day, there is nobody better on anybody's list. There might be better coaches for football or basketball or other things, but for a field day, Gordon Bombay is the guy, and... It sounds like you're describing describing Patches O'Houlihan. Both of both of these coaches were on my list. Patches O'Houlihan, <laughs> I thought would be hilarious to have as the coach of the Hanson twins or the Hanson brothers. Um, and I, I, I just pretty you're up. You can I, pick them or not. No, 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 no. Clearly no. picking Patches right now. I thought that absolutely was not. Yeah. No, no, no. I've already what? got Peter. I've already got Peter. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. Who no, do you no. think coached Peter to be who he is? Yeah, that, well, that's why I have Peter. I don't need Patches. What I need is I need somebody who can give my my people a lot of discipline and focus. I'm picking Mr. Miyagi. What? Yep. Tell me, tell me he's not a coach. Tell me he's not. No, a coach. no, no. Listen, you get no anti uh, Karate Kid from me. It's my one of my favorite things in the world. I'm there. Not sure he gives you more discipline than Coach Herman Boone, but okay. I, that was what I was about to bring up. I am. Honestly, no matter how accurate everything you just said about Gordon Bombay is for this particular event, 
shocked you did not pick Coach Boone. You are you uh, of all people, Kevin. I thought yeah. we would lock that in. Again, field day events specific. I respect Gordon Bombay has a better resume. Pivoted. But yes, the best coach of all time in sports movies is Herman Boone. I'll fight anyone who says different. But that's not what we're drafting. We're drafting coaches for field day teams. I um, I'm gonna shout out Herb Brooks here because with I think he is absolutely uh, would be an amazing coach for the Hanson brothers, but he's also would not pick the Hanson brothers because of their shenanigans. There'd be too much clashing and they would argue too much. There is only one coach that has drunk dad vibes and knowledge of previously winning field day expertise, probably. Uh, and that's Jimmy Dugan from a league of their yep. own. Yep. 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 Uh, that man is he was also pissed, on my drunk, list. pissed drunk, but super smart. And when he focuses, when he gets sober and does his job, he's phenomenal. And he also will, yeah, he's just, he's just the drunkest dad coach outside of Bad News Bears. Um, but I, I think he is more knowledgeable than, um, I cannot remember uh, Walter Matthau's character's name in that, but uh, Jimmy Dugan <laughs> is the coach of the Hanson Brothers. My team is exactly <laughs> what you do not want to run into I feel like your team would just like fight everyone. We the are whole getting time, kicked out Jimmy, of the field day. Jimmy. We're getting oh, yeah. kicked pretty, out of the field day. <laughs> pretty, who is your coach again? Uh, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, that's right. All right, sorry, I didn't. Yeah. Okay, so let me just Mr. Miyagi and Jimmy quick. Dugan are gonna have an interesting dynamic as they, they call sure their respective sure squads. Sure <laughs> All right, here are the three squads. All right, Kevin's squad, led by Coach Gordon Bombay, includes Dr. Kevin Reynolds, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, uh, Scott Howard, the um, Teen Wolf, and Lola Bunny. Purdy's squad has, uh, which is led by Mr. Miyagi, uh, the sensei, is led by Peter LaFleur, Air Bud the Dog, and Carl Speckler. Hope Camp's squad, which is coached by Jimmy Dugan, has the Hanson Brothers three. And that is the squads going up against here's, each other. Here's what I will also say. Um, Kevin, you are wildly outclassed by the respective athletic prowess of your teammates. In a way, <laughs> yeah, in a way I, that I, Pretty and I are not. And yeah, that, I can at least race, like, compete be with Carl Spackler. Yeah, I can compete <laughs> with Carl Spackler, Peter LaFleur, and a dog. No, Airbud Air Air is far and away your best player. Oh, 100%. We did not set we did not we did not set a date for this field day. Of course I'd go into training. If we were to pick trainers, I have trainers on my list, uh, Apollo Creed who trained Rocky Balboa just, to Rocky was with. on my list. Rocky was on my list. Rocky's fine, but it, a person who would who trained Rocky to to beat Clubber Lang is Apollo Creed. Uh, he'd be a great coach if you if we were talking about training. Um, it's baffling to me that Coach Boone and Carter both didn't make this list. Coach it's Carter's baffling fine. to me that Michael Jordan, one of the greatest athletes of all time, didn't make this list. But um, um, here's here but, was you know Flynn wasn't here and Huff Camp did what he did, so a lot of names got left off the list, and that's First what off, happens in this super situation. super proud of my list. I really wanted um, one coach that absolutely deserves the shout out, and he was my second choice for this was Lou Brown from Major League. Mm. That's fair. Um, 
Can okay. we just quickly, can we quickly just, I just want to hear from each of you one guess for what you think, who would Flynn have put on his team? I just want to know this. Oh, Flynn's a Flynn's an NBA fan and an absolute pansy ass. He would have so put like Uncle Michael Drew. Jordan, LeBron James. He absolutely would have picked Shaquille LeBron O'Neal. James, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Shaquille. <laughs> Isn't he an Uncle Drew? Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is an Uncle Drew, yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> Kyrie Irving and uh, there's a bunch of them. Bunch of NBA players. He also would have been like Beckham from Bandit Like Beckham. Well, that one doesn't nah. count because it's like only uh, that he. I would have vetoed that one. Uh, here was here was the team that I really wanted to pick, but it won't work for a field day race because of logistics. Secretariat, <laughs> Sea Biscuit, and and the robot boxer Adam from Real Steel. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, shout out Real That's Steel. That's a great idea. <laughs> but it just, I couldn't bring myself to put horses in a three-legged race where they break their legs and get euthanized, <laughs> or, um, or or a sack race where they just kick out and get DQ'd. It just wouldn't have worked. We have to make glue somehow. You that know? squad would have been tough. I, that's amazing. Well done. Okay, so uh, unfortunately, what happens next is we transition to J- Jacob Purdy's fun facts. But well done. We'll put that on all our socials, and you guys can vote about who had the actual, it's me, it's the no, actual no best choices. squad for, <laughs> it's definitely not going to be Huff Camp. He's proud. No one else will be. Um, I think for, I think I, for the best field day squad. It's possible that I have the most relatable field day squad of anyone. Where they're like, I ran into that team at field day. That Doesn't dad was matter. pissed drunk, and those kids <laughs> were dicks. Umbop <laughs> of umbop. So you, you keep right, throwing so in umbop like that's my squad. Very that different is your people. Squad. It's the Hans- Very it's the Hanson brothers. Very it, it, you drafted the Hanson brothers. Those are the three brothers who who sang the song Mbop and made it famous. That's who you drafted. I'm, uh, I, are those? Yeah, they are all brothers, right? I think they're brothers. Yep. That's what I wrote down. I don't know what you wrote down. I wrote down you drafted the Hanson brothers. So, Pretty, I think you're up, dude. What is the, what, tell us some fun facts or something. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, so all that I hear is that when I draft the Hanson Brothers, I get the Hanson Brothers from Slapshot and platinum recording artists. They can do it all. When I make the when I make the the, the visual of the different teams for folks to vote on, I'm using the band Hanson. That is that is misleading, incorrect, and I will, uh, I, I guess, have to just put a bunch of Slapshot videos about how awesome. Do whatever you want. It's going to be Jimmy Dugan and the band Hanson. Because you drafted the Hanson brothers and did not specify. Pretty, let's let's hear some fun facts. All right, so we're gonna do a Jacob Pretty's fun facts, and uh, this podcast. Jacob Pretty's fun facts. Jacob Pretty's fun facts. This was pretty good. Maybe I'll redo the drop for it. Uh, this podcast has been going on long enough, so we're gonna keep it short and sweet and to the point. Here's how this one's gonna work. I'm gonna present these two uh, ding dongs with. Uh, I don't know why I called y'all ding dongs. I prefer ring. I felt like idiot. Feels rude. I felt like idiot was too offensive, and I don't know why. Oh, so you went with ding dongs? Yeah, I did. Um, proud of that? I am. Okay. I am. Anyways, all right. uh, I'm gonna say that one is not true. (laughs) False. (laughs) False. Uh, I am. uh, So I'm gonna give you three facts. 
that I present to them. It is up to them to decide which of the three facts is a false truth, otherwise what most people refer to as a lie. Um, As you tell. And, and just spoiler alert for anybody listening, more than one of the things could be lies. He's going to pick an intentional lie, and then he could tell us other things that he thinks are true that are really just not. Uh, is this called, is this, are you, is this back to that Elijah Craig, like, saga that you bought yeah, when you Kevin, went to the Kevin's Elijah still Craig about that. distillery? Yes, he's, he's still upset about that one. It's like Kevin went home with a bottle of small batch and stories And believe that Elijah his... Craig, <laughs> Elijah Craig was the founder of all things bourbon. <laughs> Anyways, Elijah Craig is known as the father of all bourbon, and that is freaking canon. <laughs> do, do you think Babe Ruth actually built Old Yankee Stadium? Uh, I don't care. Hey, <laughs> another person I almost never directed. mind. I, I was about I was about to quote Babe Ruth <laughs> from, from the, the Sandlot, uh, but then the then I uh, oh, be- yeah, yeah. better better version. Heroes yeah. get remembered, but legends, but legends never, die. never die. See, Follow we can heart, do that. Kid. Never all go three wrong. of us have seen that movie. Uh, Flynn's not here, so he doesn't know that. Anyways, let's move through this. We're going to punch each other in warm-ups. We're going to move through this quickly. So here we go. So I asked Kevin for a theme. I asked Kevin for a theme for this this series, and he just texted jazz. So the first round is jazz-based. Oh, good. I thought I, I thought I aggressively said no to that, but here we are. Yeah. I also aggressively said, I was kidding, but let's go. Here we go. So first, uh, three fi- fun facts about jazz. Uh, so the first thing is, jazz musicians turn off a part of their brain when they improvise. Second fun fact, the word jazz has origins from the French word for judge or to judge. And third fun fact... Jazz musicians have their own secret language that is only spoken whilst playing. Can you say the first one again? Mm-hmm. Jazz musicians turn off uh, a specific part of their brain when they improvise. Yeah, so I think I think you think that's true. Um, I think you look something up and it was like, while a musician is improvising music, their their brain is doing something or other. And so you think that's true. I don't know that you know that's true, but I think you think it's the lie. The second one that you said was what? Uh, the word jazz has origins from the French word for judge or to judge. Yep, that is true. So I think that the actual lie in this three is number three, which was what? Uh, the number three was jazz musicians have their own language that is only spoken slash communicated whilst playing. Yeah, they do not have their own language. There are terms known only to common musicians, um, uh, you know, in various different mediums and or genres. But in this particular case, it's not its own language. So I think that one's the lie. And um, I think that the other two are true. But I really think the first one you said isn't true but I think you think it is. So that's that's where I'm at. Hove, where are you? I'm pretty sure that number one is just you ripped off from the movie Soul, but I also think that they probably, that Pixar smart enough to have done that um, based on facts. And I don't think that language and jargon are the same thing. So I'm going to have to agree with Kevin. Uh, number three is the lie. 
Okay, the lie is actually number two. The word jazz does not have origins from the French word for judge or to judge. It actually comes uh, from um, some uh, 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 different, uh, well, there's there's uncertainty, but uh, believed to come from an uh, African word that has uh, some type of sexual uh, connotation with it. But anyways, uh, yeah, jazz musicians definitely turn off a part of their brain when they improvise and they have their own kind of secret language of communicating uh, in order to kind of all stay on the same page like, where they are in I, the tune. It sounds like that their their language is probably like thieves can't, which is not actually a different language. It's more like a code. And that is false. I mean, I, that is misleading I, because language yeah. is very distinctly different. I mean, I look, I, I, I've looked up like, like they, you know, they're like, how can you speak jazz? But I don't know that I agree that it's its own language. I know that there are terms in that process or in that field that are specific, but I don't agree that it's a language. But whatever, this is Jacob Pretty's fun facts that are all basically made up by him anyway. Um, so, Jacob, what's the second fun fact you're going to present to us of the three we get tonight? All right, so second round is a little, little something more uh, traditional. We're going to do... Uh, fun facts based on presidents so uh so here we go some presidential fun facts for you this should be hove camp specialty six foot 20 made of radiation yeah made of Of radiation george washington (laughs) of course all right so number one uh infamous frenemies thomas jefferson and john adams both died on july 4th years apart from each other uh fun fact number two Martin Van Buren was the first and only born U.S. citizen to become uh, was the first and only born U.S. citizen to become president who was who has English as a second language. Sorry, I, I wrote that one very awkwardly. Uh, and then fun fact number three, Lincoln was shot in a theater and the assassin ran to a warehouse. JFK was shot from a warehouse and the assassin ran to a theater. OK, I'm going well, to jump in line. on this one. I'm, no, 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 I'm going to jump in on this one. Um, Adams and Jefferson died on the same day, like the exact same day, not years apart. Yeah. So that's the lie. That's true. That's for sure true. So the lie is that they died years apart, and the rest of it that is true because this is two truths and a lie. No, that's a that's a great, well-written one because, yes, Jefferson and Adams both died on the same day. Um but what's also true is the third one's a lie. Which is also July 4th. That part is also true. Sure. But the third one is also a lie in the sense that we don't know the location of the shooter for John F. Kennedy. So uh, I appreciate the fact that John F. Kennedy was shot. You appreciate that, Kevin? <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> okay, let me just rephrase that. I don't like it all well, the Kevin fact has... that John F. Kennedy was shot, but the footage I've seen is he was in a vehicle when his head basically exploded, um, oh, and he probably died in the car. I don't know that for a fact, but he but the shooter is still unknown, so I I think we have some suspicions. Somebody was uh, shot. Um, you know, John, um, oh, what's the name of the guy? Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald or John, John Wilkes book? book, uh, Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald was JFK. Lee Harvey Oswald was never actually convicted, right? Because he was assassinated prior to his conviction. 
So we don't actually um, have Ruby. What's his name? Jack, Jack Ruby. Uh, Jack Jack Ruby. Yeah, Jack Ruby. Anyways, so I I I I don't think I don't think you can claim the third one or the first one. I think they're both lies. I think this is two lies and a truth. This is a bonus, Jake. A pretty fun fact, actually. The guy that shot from the grassy knoll was portraying the theater caretaker where Lee Harvey Oswald hit. So he opened the door for the people and then ratted out his accomplice. Wow. Okay. So both shooters of JFK's two assassination. Lies a, this is two lies and a truth. <laughs> it's obviously All right. One. So, uh, so, okay. Uh, so here's the, here's the truth. Um, uh, number one is true. I messed that up because I was like, oh, I need to actually, uh, I need to make this like, I, I just was typing and I typed years apart and I meant to type in the same year. So that was my fault. Uh, so number one is true, but good no, call. No, 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 what you said number was one false. is false. Exactly right, as right, right. Hofkamp described it. I intended it, it to. I in, yes, I intended it Your to be a was truth. For it to be true. Yeah, yes, I, I okay. wrote it incorrectly. Okay. So so yes, uh, the uh, the the answer I was going for for the lie was yes, Kevin. The Lincoln was shot in a uh, Lincoln was shot in a theater in the Assassin Rando warehouse. JFK was shot from a warehouse in the Assassin Rando theater. Yes, that is the lie I'm going for. Not because of the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald is the suspected assassin but not convicted but um actually because uh he didn't he didn't run to the the theater right technically i don't know i don't whatever y'all called me these out are on that literally one. your facts these are i called you out on the actual fact that you missed lee harvey oswald like, did not run to a single theater in that process period but that's probably true yeah but i don't know why you're asking us I don't know. These are either. yours. All right, final round. Here we go. What's the third Jacob Pretty's fun fact? And this one, I can't wait for you to have to take a shot because this has failed so miserably. Yeah. Oh no, I already have. <laughs> this one I started. I started with the theme of like, uh, not to get morbid, but I started with the theme of death, and then I switched it. Mm. Um. So, anyways. Mufasa. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so here we go. Fun fact number one. Baby's dead. Yep. Baby's. Bambi's parents, just in general. Yeah, it, it's not. This is not super uh, difficult. Fun fact stuff. Uh, fun fact number one is more people are killed by dogs each year than sharks, snakes, and tigers combined. Uh, f- fun fact number two is that is that America or globally? Uh, globally. That mm. sounds like you falsely fun fact, confidently said that. Mm. No. Fun fact number two, you are you are twenty percent more likely to die on your birthday. And fun fact number three, ketchup, Flynn Ashley's favorite condiment, was used medicinally in the early eighteen hundreds. So I'm I'm between one and three because unless pretty changed the number, which is a stupid way to get the lie, you are more likely to die on your birthday. Um I don't know why, but that's a thing. Um, what's? Can you say the odd ones again? Yeah. Number one, uh, more people die from, uh, or, or more people are killed by dogs each year than sharks, snakes, and tigers combined. And number three was ketchup was used medicinally in the early 1800s. 
Kevin, Hovecamp, thoughts? So my initial thought was the the birthday one is actually a lie. I know that it is statistically significant that people die on their birthdays. 20% seemed like an absurd number. So when I was told that number earlier this week by Pretty in a text, I looked up and I think... It was 6.7% of people. When did I text you that earlier this week? You brought it up in a in a thing. Well, if that's, oh. if that's the case, then pretty 100% meant this that to be a true fact. Yeah, so I, I don't know that it's 20% more likely or not, but I think it has been true that 6.7% of people have died on their birthday. 20% seems like a large number there, so that might not be true. Okay, you twisted around what I said, but go ahead. Well, t- tell answer? me what you said. Tell me what you said again. Is 20% I said more likely. Twenty percent more likely to die on your birthday. That's very different than twenty percent of people have died yeah, on their yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so six point seven percent. Yeah, I think both of those can be true. Yeah, that's fine. Um. I, again, I, I I don't have anything in front of me. I can't quote it. I just remember when when that was said. I looked it up and I was like, "There's no way." If you and if you think about it, if six point seven percent of people died on their birthday, it should be one three hundred sixty fifth of the amount of people who died on their birthday. But it's truly random. Wow, Hovecam's doing some hard math with us. All right, just give me your yeah. answers. This podcast has gone on long enough. The say the first one again. More people are killed by dogs each year than sharks, snakes, and tigers combined. I think that's true. So third, the number third, the third one is bull. <laughs> Hope can't point your what's your response. What's the third one? Ketchup was used medicinally in the early 1800s. <laughs> I I'm not convinced ketchup was invented in the early 1800s. Um, yeah, that's probably a bad idea. The third so, one's a lie. The first one's so I'm true. Go with I'm, the go, third I'm changing one. my answer. Mostly, mostly yeah, third because... One. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go with the... I think the third one's a lie. I think the second one's wrong, and I think the third one's a lie. The first one, I don't care. The third one's a lie. Ketchup was not used medicinally. All right, so third one is a lie. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh so ketchup, when it was originally invented, was a fish or mushroom mushroom-based mixed mixture. Uh, then the Ohio physician John Cook Benet was one of the first people to add tomatoes to it in 1834. And because it was rich in vitamins and antioxidants, the doctor claimed that the product, which he sold in pill form, could help cure diarrhea and indigestion. I think you and I have a vast difference in what early 1800s means. <laughs> What? <laughs> okay, uh, whatever. So my response. So is if I said fine. 1800s, you would have sure. been like, "Oh yeah, no, that's true." Yes, because that includes all of the 1800s. Early 1800s to me ends. Oh my I mean, God. you can you can even do this in quart in quarters, and you're in the middle 50 percent right. of the 1800s. Whatever. By a lot. So What's the, the lie? lie, the lie was you're actually, and Hope Camp's going to be pissed at me for this, but it's you are actually only 13.8 percent more likely to die on your birthday, not 20. 
Yeah, I'm pissed at you because it's a dumb way to pull up a lie. You took the same thing. Your your third one was a lie because you weren't in the early 1800s in the same way that you were, the same distance off you were in your math on the other mm-hmm. one. I, I think you right. are 100% more likely to die as a result of giving us nonsense on this podcast than you were <laughs> prior to today. But okay, right. fine. Yeah, pretty, Those were some on, fun facts. They weren't fun. They weren't facts. It's Jacob Pretty's fun time. What's next? Are we Jacob done? Pretty's fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're done. Uh, what's next Hope is a drink out, on please. us. Stop calling it's, it that. It's a the the next thing is a drink on us, and we apologize for giving you things you didn't ask for. But but we did it anyway. I want the next person who sees Kevin at a bar to ask him for a drink. He's the last person it. I saw at a bar was our friend Colin. He was like, "Where's my T-shirt for Listener of the Week?" And I was like, "It's literally in the bag I just handed you for your birthday." And he put no, it on. He said, and he was "Here's all what's excited. true. It's literally in the bag." <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what I said. Um, uh, anyway, again, guys, yes, for none of it. We did it anyway. Apologies. Drinks on us. Uh, have a drink on us. Sorry, not the drinks are not on us, but you should have a drink on us. And uh, we'll see you next week. Kristen Chenoweth is better than Sutton Foster. Kristen Chenoweth sucks. Good night. Good night.